Here's what awaits your ear holes in this episode of Three Shots In. Her co-workers immediately went to as many news outlets as possible. They're yeah. accusing her of conspiring against them. Yep. Her fucking statements are all super consistent, and these asshole co-workers are all over the place. In the same week, Stacy Martin kidnapped her. <laughs> A man in Wisconsin had a kinky little game. She pressed the barrel of shotgun against his nutsack <laughs> and pulled the trigger when he said when. When he said when? Like, what is that? It, what? This is Three Shots In. And today, we're talking about... Hello. Welcome back to Three Shots In. I'm Jess. With me tonight is sexy in-house artiste, Terrence. <laughs> That's gross. I have to cut that out. Why? Because people don't like it. What pussies, man. Anyway, this is episode 33, and today we're talking about winners. Winners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best people to be. Not in my case. Not Winning. in my story's case. Oh, the, someone wins in your story, but they, they still lose somehow? They, man. What are you talking about without giving too much away? A lottery winner. A lottery winner? Yes. Is this like an unfortunate tale? A cautionary tale? No, not a cautionary tale. It's more of like a, like winning the lotto is not all it's cracked up to be. Oh, okay. But he, you, you'll see. It's all right. I mean, her case is very, it turns very extreme, but oh, still. Oh, woman. Yes. Okay. Well, today I'm talking about winners of Darwin Awards. Oh my God. <laughs> those are going to be great. They're very unfortunate. I love watching those videos. Those are like my favorite. It's terrible, but it's kind of, no, it's awful. It's awful. I know it's, I know like there's bitter if irony you're that to fucking it. dumb. <laughs> if you're winning a Darwin Award, it means you're dying from something you could have prevented. Because you're retarded. <laughs> what, what's happening is... Nature is selecting you out. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's like prerequisites, there's by the way. They shouldn't put warning labels on things. Dying isn't a pre prerequisite to winning no. a Darwin Award. I you just didn't be, know there were rules. You could be dismembered or you could be whatever. You could also um, suffer some kind of injury that prevents you from breeding. That was what I was about to say. That from what I understand, Darwin Awards are specifically like... Like basically, if you can't breed anymore, you won't further, <laughs> you won't further taint the, <laughs> right. the bloodline. Yeah. Someone in one of my stories doesn't die, but can't breed anymore. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Um, I don't know. I'm going to let you and them be the judges. I'm stick my wiener in this drill bit. I don't know. No, honestly, a lot of sticking your wiener in stuff stories. No, for real. Like a lot of them. Sucked your dick like, off. Why did you do that? <laughs> like No, like a lot of them too, like taking, the, the, none of these are my stories, okay. but stuff we've talked about in the past. A lot of like taking Viagra and shoving your dick into something that it fit into at first, but is stuck in later on. And you're erect like you're fucking hard because of meds mm -hmm. so it's not going to go away until the meds wear off and so like that's and how if it you're a healthy let me just tell you right now and i'm not speaking from personal experience but from what i understand if you're a healthy young male uh -huh. and you take something like viagra it is so fucking bad for you. Have you heard stories of young men taking viagra? Yeah, because they think oh well like like cuz like especially dudes that are like they're players, right? Yeah. They want to be able to go for forever and, and whatever. And it's what like, what do you mean by that? Like multiple chicks a night or something? Or like this chick is hot as fuck and mm -hmm. I want to be able to last a long time. To impress her. But you're already a healthy young male that doesn't need. Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> and it's like, you have people that like, after it finally wears off, like their shit, like they get erectile dysfunction at like early twenties and shit. Oh no. I'm like, oh my God. That Dude. sucks. Yeah. So it's bad. That's a Darwin but award. That's a Darwin award. <laughs> anyway, what are we drinking tonight? Or well, you know what? Before that, what did we take shots of tonight? We took shots of Jack Daniels, just straight up Jack Daniels. Okay. It's dog shit. <laughs> it's but actual garbage. Listen, that's shooting whiskey. You don't take good whiskey and shoot it. You shoot Jack Daniels or you shoot Jim Beam. Or Evan Williams. Yeah. Or Wild Turkey. Or wild turkey. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> you remember wild turkey. That shit. Wild turkey. 
but it's a good time. It fucks you up. You have a great time. You and your friends. And you're not worried about it afterwards because you didn't spend anything on it. Doesn't matter. That's true. It's budget fucked up. But Jack Daniels smells like a good time and tastes like a dirty the, whore. the leak that sits at the bottom of the trash can when you pull the bag out. Yeah. That's but, what it tastes so like. So that's why you dilute it with Coca-Cola. Right. But- in you the need case a of lot shooting, of, in the case of sugar to hide that. <laughs> in the case of shooting, you you don't have the Coca Cola. So that's fine. You pickle back it, which is what we did. Yes. And honestly, on my end, it did not help that much. It helped me a lot. I I got to take Hanso's advice and get some Evan Williams up in the house. Evan Williams, great. I actually no, it, it is listen, so, it's cheap, mm-hmm. and I actually enjoy it. I'm not like you and. Ricky and Kyle and all of our, you know, super masculine friends drinking whiskey straight, you know, or with like a cube of ice. Um, Pin on that. Okay. I cannot for the life of me drink whiskey straight. I hate it so much. So when I'm talking about enjoying whiskey, I mean, it, the taste of it is very brief. And dad has this, it's like a, an off brand fireball. Mm-hmm. You can't have it, obviously, because it's poison. Terry has an unfortunate allergy. He's allergic to cinnamon. It's really sad, especially in the fall. Listen, so it's it's sad-ish, but it's not as sad as I it. Uh, whoa, <laughs> it's not as sad as if I was like allergic to red meat. That's like, true. I've Some people really, are. I've never really given a shit about sweets anyway. Okay, so that's an easy let go. But if you were like, you can't have red meat anymore, I'd be like. Oh my God, I'd jump into oncoming traffic. I'd be like, fuck it. Tonight, we're drinking screwdrivers. And Terry, you finished your entire cocktail. It's good. <laughs> we told, so we agreed beforehand because. <laughs> so I like orange on. juice, okay? We Sorry. Homes, we homeschool the kids. And tomorrow, we're meeting up with all the other homeschool families for a little like school day. <laughs> we're like, hey, what's up? And Terry was like, let's just make sure we take it easy on the drinks. Well, no, what I meant was I'll have my one and then I'll stop. Well, Terry, it's going to be your stories first. Oh, but. So I need another drink. then. Let's take a little pause. Okay. Pause. We can make a new drink. No, no, no. Not that kind of pause. Oh, that's the, that's the break pause. So. My story is a lady named Tonda Dickerson. She was from Mobile County, Alabama in 1999. Okay. Specifically a place called Grand Bay. She worked at a waffle house off of Interstate 10. Her and her coworkers worked the first shift. First shift coworkers were her. She was 28 years old at the time, 1999. 21-year-old Jackie Fairley. 23-year-old Angela Tisdale. And 27-year-old shift manager, Matthew Adams. Oh, I'm sorry. And one more. 45-year-old Sandra Dino. There is an individual that is a regular there named Edward Seward Jr. Seward? Yes. So he's a 41-year-old medically retired restaurant manager. Okay. okay. So he he's, because he's medically retired, he's receiving benefits and all that. So he's doing a lot of like weekend visitation to like like waffle houses and ihops and stuff like that because he just finds his regular spots he's a regular at a lot of these places right okay but he was uh, a regular patron at the grand bay waffle house but he's best known for his tips in particular the uniqueness of his tips so he never gave cash tips he would give lottery tickets as tips and uh, at the time, in 1999, uh, in Alabama, it was gambling was completely illegal. Um, so even lottery. They didn't have a lottery, anything. Right? How did he get away with that then? So Mobile, Alabama is specifically this place, Green, Green Bay? Oh, I'm sorry. Grand Bay. This place, Grand Bay, uh, is about an hour and a bit from, uh, I believe it's Pensacola, Florida, where it is legal to gamble and it's legal to have a lottery. Uh, the neighboring, the neighboring state of Mississippi is, is also at the time they didn't have a lottery. So he would drive either buy his shit from someone or, or, you know, drive to Pensacola and buy his lottery tickets there. And no one ever said it in all this stuff. I, I was like, why is he driving all the way there? And no one knew why the fuck he was doing that. 
but it's not similar to like the county we live in now. Smith County is a dry county, so you have to drive out of the county line to buy booze. Maybe he was buying his own lottery tickets and got extras. I don't know. Okay, but he showed up to this place every weekend without fail. He would because I guess his his sister lived in in uh, Grand Bay. And he would be visiting his sister, but before going to visit his sister, he would stop by this Waffle House. All the waitresses knew him, all the staff knew him, and he would, his tips were always lottery car, or lottery tickets to the Florida lottery. Though, though it was a bit strange, the staff appreciated, obviously, uh, just because of the fact that it was illegal, and none of them are obviously going to drive an hour plus to Florida just to get lottery tickets. And Florida had a law at the time where it was like, it didn't matter if you lived in Florida, you could play the Florida lottery and get and win. So on March 6th, Seward came to the Waffle House and noticed that his regular waitress, which was Tonda Dickerson, wasn't working that day. He proceeded to hand out the tickets, usually as he usually did, and he went about his day. Uh, he decided to hold on to one ticket just for Tonda because he shows up every week and he's like, you know, I give these tickets out to people. I'm going to make sure that she gets hers. He wants her to have it. Mm -hmm. um, the ticket was for the night of the 6th. So the day that he actually went to that Waffle House. So he was going to give it to her on the 7th. Basically be like, listen, I didn't see you yesterday, but here you go. Here's your ticket. That Sunday, the 7th of March, he saw Tonda as per usual. Okay. Uh, handed her an envelope with the, with the, lottery numbers on the front of it and with her name on the other side of it. And uh, she took it in her pocket, uh, went about her shift, and it wasn't until she ended her shift and went home and checked the numbers that she found that she had an exact match for all six numbers. Whoa, big yep, winner. For the night before. And it was a $20 million pot. Whoa, that's crazy. So obviously the same day she quits her job at Waffle House. <laughs> right. right. She comes to find out... Uh, so uh, she comes to find out she's actually splitting it with someone else. Someone else got all six numbers as well. So she's getting a $10 million pot. Kind of fucked. I mean, it is what it is. If someone got that's, lucky. That's true. But like, you'd think the winning numbers wouldn't be something that had multiples. It makes it sound like there could be more than two. There potentially. could be. There could be. And it, that's kind of the luck of the draw. That's the gambling portion, right? Like you and 10 other people could have just decided to do the same numbers, the same six numbers for that. And you would be splitting $2 million each basically, but it was her and one other person. So that went for the pot went from 20 million to 10 million. So she, the other person got still a 10. lot of money. She got 10 and for 1999, that was a fuck ton of money for mm -hmm. now. That's a fuck $10 million is a fuck ton of money. Okay. So she immediately starts making plans for the money. Uh, she decided to take the yearly installments instead of the lump sum, because mm -hmm. it would save her massive on taxes. Right. Um, I think they said that at the time it would have been like 300,000 a year, which is insane, especially for living in Alabama. Like, fuck dude, like you're living like a queen for the rest of your life. So her and her husband arranged for the money to be transferred to a business that her and her family started, where essentially her and her husband would have 49% of this business. And then her siblings and her parents would share increments of 17% to fill out the hundred. So ultimately they would end up owning 51% of the business, but in separate elements and her and her husband were owned 49%. It was called nine mil Inc because they assumed after taxes and everything over the course of years, taking it out, it would end up being around $9 million. Mm -hmm. Tana and her husband had a nine year old son from Tana's previous relationship okay. uh, prior to her current husband. Uh, they lived on a six acre property in a mobile home and she first decided that she would have a house built and then she'd purchase a new car uh, because her old car was stolen. So oh. she, she had like a bunch of plans, like I'm going to take care of my parents. I'm going to take care of my siblings. I'm going to build this house for my, my child and my husband and I, and you know, I'm, I'm going to replace my car that was stolen. Good and, decisions. Yep. So she kept the lottery ticket in a Ziploc bag before she had to actually go in and like turn it in and prove that it was, that she had a, a valid lottery ticket and that it was actually hers and all that stuff. And, um, she kept it in that bag until she was able to show up in person and handle, hand it over during the like finalization paperwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, when she showed up at the location where she'd fill out the final paperwork, 
She was informed that her winnings were disputed and that two lawyers had already been contacted uh, that had already contacted the Florida lottery office to dispute the winnings. I don't understand. So she shows up in the this whatever office this is. She waited about three days to go turn in the ticket. Yeah. And when she showed up those three days later, they said, listen, we can't give you your winnings. And she said, why not? And they said, two lawyers have already shown up and they've disputed your winnings. How? About to find out. So she was being disputed by her four Waffle House co-workers. Okay. That claimed that they were rightfully owed a piece of the winnings. They They got their tickets already. Hold on. They claimed specifically that they all had a long-standing verbal agreement that if any one of them won, that they would split the winnings with one another. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, no, we all said like, no, if I win, we'll all split it. Right. Okay. They claimed that Tonda was trying to go back on her promise and that she was trying to claim all the money for herself. In addition, they didn't want the payment installments. They wanted the lump sum each. So that fucked her ability to Listen, be claiming. You didn't have the ticket. Like I'm sorry. And if, it's a verbal if, agreement. If that was a verbal agreement, you're fucked. Legally, that means nothing. Well, apparently to the Florida State Lottery, that was not the case. Whoa. So Tonda claimed the allegations weren't true and they were making it all up. In response, her coworkers filed a lawsuit against her. So news obviously spread throughout uh, throughout all Florida and Alabama, and Tonda was front uh, was a front page individual overnight. So she gained well, and when I say front page, it was like from all the research I did, like it went all over the country. Like everybody knew who Tonda Dickerson was in 1999. So her coworkers immediately went to as many news outlets as possible and stated that Tonda and her family formed a conspiracy to cut them out of their rightful share. A conspiracy? They're accusing her of conspiring against them. Yep. And even went as far as to say that Tonda claimed that her winning ticket was a result of her purchasing one of her own and not, in fact, receiving one as a tip. She didn't say that, I thought. So so she'll, she'll hit that. So... They also hired a private investigator in order to dig up any dirt on her or her family that might help their case in the coming lawsuit. That sounds really fucked up, but I don't want to make assumptions. So Tonda claimed that she had some she had made some misleading statements about where she got the ticket, but that would that it was only to misdirect attention from her private affairs until she got everything in order to receive the money. So essentially, she said, I told a whole bunch of people, yes, that I bought my own ticket. But it was because people kept fucking like essentially from all the stuff I read on it. It was like and every mind you, everything I saw, interviews, read her fucking statements are all super consistent. And these asshole co-workers are all over the place. They Which like should be suspect. Of course, it should be. But of course, as you know, having done plenty of editing of fucking transcripts and shit like someone wants to take it to court. It's got to go to court. It's unfortunate, but it's got to go to court. Yeah. Right. She essentially said, yeah, I did lie to people about where I got the ticket, but that was because I, I had all these people coming out of the woodwork, like, like grilling me, basically grilling me and trying to get money from me before I'd even gotten it. Like, I, I'm not doing that. Right. So it made sense to me. Uh, in addition, Tonda claimed that conspiracy claim made no sense. She took days to go into the lottery location to claim her winnings. By the time she had made her way in, her coworkers had already sent their lawyers to dispute. So it was like the day they found out that she fucking won, they were like, send the lawyers now. They were fucking pieces of shit, right? They couldn't just be like, hey, yo, good for you, lady. You're out of this fucking grind. <laughs> like, it's just, it just goes to show, man, how fucking shitty people can They be. all got a ticket. It ended up with her. Now, listen, if, I don't know. I don't know how this goes. I don't know the end of the story. But if they all had a verbal agreement where like, yeah, if one of us wins from this guy tipping us lottery tickets, we'll split it. It'd be fucked up of her not to follow through. Sure. Sure. But you probably wouldn't file a lawsuit over it. I wouldn't. Because that's retarded. Why would you send an attorney preemptively before you've even spoken to her? Because they already knew that she was going to claim the full winnings. That looks weird. I understand. But... As you know, if 
someone files a lawsuit, it has to go to court. Because, you know, it needs to be fair. Fuck them. They're fucking pieces of shit. Anyway, uh, though Tana's lawyers attempted to get the case thrown out of court, a circuit court judge allowed the trial to go to jury. Okay. So apparently in Alabama, that kind of thing could go to a jury trial. I don't know if that's a normal thing, but I would have thought that's a civil suit. And I didn't think I civil know. suits, I didn't think civil suits had anything to do with juries, but apparently the, the federal circuit court judge allowed this whole thing to go to jury, jury trial. Yeah. <clears throat> apparently got pushed to jury trial really quickly. And the reason it was pushed to jury trial so quickly was because of an IRS rule. Um, apparently since Tonda's coworkers were asking for a lump sum, the IRS has a rule that all money won by any lottery must be paid within 60 days if they ask for a lump sum. So essentially it was like, hurry, get it through because the IRS is going to be up our asses if we don't. But they didn't win. Not yet, but they could if they win their lawsuit. Okay. It's a fucking clusterfuck, (laughs) right? So if they were to win the jury trial, they would have to be paid out quickly because the IRS is going to be like, Ricky Ticky, Florida, you have to pay these people within 60 days. So it it was a whole mess, right? Mm -hmm. So Tonda was offered two different settlements during the trial, Okay. The first was that she would receive 30% of the winnings and her coworkers would split the remaining 70. Uh, the second would have been that she receives 40 and that her coworkers would split the remaining 60%, right? Tonda stated in interviews that she would not settle. Uh, she felt like the jackpot was getting stolen from her and that she was less worried about the money now than the principal of the entire thing. So basically, she was like, fuck it, I'll spend it all on fucking lawyers and shit because fuck you. Like, you shouldn't be getting shit, right? Right. She said that her goal over everything was to dispel the rumors around her and her family, which by the way, these people were fucking ruthless, Jessica. The other like staff of the restaurant? Yes. They were fucking spreading so much crazy shit to the fucking newspapers and shit about not just her, but her family members. That's so fucked up. All because, oh, well, it might help our evidence at court, right? So both Tonda and her co-workers argued about the legitimacy of the verbal statements, especially over such a large sum. Tonda's co-workers, however, brought multiple witnesses that they claimed heard the conversations about splitting the money. And even Edward Seward Jr. appeared in court to testify that he was giving the tickets out with the understanding that if they were to win, they would split it with each other, which means those bitches were paying him, right? Like, it's obvious. No, wait, I can't, I can't assume that. Okay. Maybe, maybe well, she Edward Seward also claimed that he had been promised a brand new pickup truck. <laughs> oh, no. He's on the fucking, come on. Like, it's obvious. Okay. They, those bitches came to him and said, hey, listen, bro, if you vouch for us, we'll give you a nice fat little check and you'll get a truck out of it. That's what happened. Okay, because no one's going to tell me that this guy was handing out fucking tips at a restaurant that he was handing out lottery tickets as a tip at a restaurant and went, but ladies, right. If you win, you'd better split it with each other. There's no way that doesn't doesn't make sense. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy's a piece of shit, too. He's on the take, too. That's at least that's what I pulled from it. Right. It just makes sense. So what? So headache. it goes through jury, right? Mm-hmm. And then when the jury deliberates, it's that right? Deliberates? Yeah. When they make the decision? Deliberation. It took them yeah. 45 minutes. Okay. The jury decided in favor of the four Waffle House employees. Ugh. Okay. The judge ruled that the lump sum would be split in 20% increments between all the Waffle House employees. Tonda then led a legal vendetta against these motherfuckers. Uh, she fired her old lawyer that said that they likely wouldn't win anything in, in, in any kind of appeal. And she hired a whole new legal team that took her appeal to the Alabama Supreme Court. Tonda went back to work at another Waffle House location, <laughs> which fucking sucks. That sucks so bad. Until her appeal was accepted by the Alabama Supreme Court in 1999, later in 1999, uh, which took the money away from everyone involved. So if those bitches started fucking spending money, Essentially, what happened was all the money got reconfiscated and said, like, no one's getting paid out shit, which it made me super happy to find out, too, that those bitches had already started spending it like fucking 
good. Yeah. No, fuck you. End it, up in debt. Yep. Good. Fuck them. Right. Like assholes. I can't even believe that. I know. You can't just be fucking happy for somebody. Nope. Some eccentric. I want my pie. I want some a piece of pie. eccentric fucking dude is giving everybody lottery tickets and someone wins and you can't just be happy. Nope. Wow. So the court declined to take oral arguments stating that written ones would suffice. While the legal team for the co-workers pretty much rehashed all their arguments from the previous trial, Tonda's lawyers took a different approach. In addition to the arguments made before, they stated that any verbal agreements made about lottery winnings would be invalid because gambling was illegal in Alabama anyway. You can't make a verbal agreement about a fucking gambling thing because Alabama says it's illegal anyway, so fuck your verbal agreement. Another was that Edward Seward was actually the winner of the lottery the day before, and he technically gifted her the money. So that doesn't matter either. He put it in an envelope with her name on it. I know. So in February of 2000, the state Supreme Court sided with Tonda, which was great. The justices agreed that due to the law about gambling Alabama, any stated agreement made between the co-workers would have been an agreement about gambling, thus nullifying it under Alabama law. Tonda was now entitled to the full sum of money attached to the winning ticket. After she's paid all of the legal fees. She still hasn't. All of this fucking headache. Fucking sucks. Wow. It was at this time that Edward Seward would enter the legal battle directly. No! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one was going to I knew that one was going to get you. So... Following the Supreme Court decision, he filed a lawsuit claiming that Tonda had defrauded him. Okay. Which didn't make any sense. I'm like, I tried to look into that as much as I could. I'm like, how? I would like to know the reasoning behind, but there's nothing that said, like, I don't know if it's not public record or like if they just did take it down, but it sounds like I tried to find out the why behind defrauding. It sounds just, it sounds like legally he's trying to say that it would have been nicer for her to win and share some with him. And she didn't. So, according to him, he had given the lottery ticket with two conditions attached. That Tonda would share the winnings with her co-workers and that he would get his King Cab pickup truck. He stated that because Tonda had broken the agreement, he wanted his ticket back. Fuck you. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, my God. The suit would go on for two you years. piece of shit. Handing out cheap lottery tickets. Rather than just tip your fucking waitresses and now you're going to go back on it? Yep. Fuck Essentially you. saying, here's a dollar instead of like five or more or 20%. Ass. Yep. That is ass. I know. I know. So <clears throat> the suit would go on for with Seaward now for two years. Ugh. Okay. Poor baby. All the while, Tonda would continue to rack up debt with her continued legal battles. It was also at this time that she was going through a divorce with her husband, James. So it's her second husband, right? <laughs> so the first one was with the one she had a kid with. The second husband, James, was like, fuck it, I'm leaving. And now he claimed that he was entitled to half of her lottery, lottery winning. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, no. <laughs> Poor sweetheart, man. Poor oh, my God. So he was like, I'm divorcing. Give me half if you win. Right. A fucking what? I know. She hasn't won. She hasn't anything. won it yet. <laughs> I know. What? I a think, piece of shit. I, so I think for him, it's so again, I did as much research as I could, but it didn't look like there was anything that that gave me any definitive answer. Sure. If I'm looking at it, what he did is he went, she's already fighting one legal battle. She's not going to fight two. She'll just give in on half for me. That's what I think he thought. On the condition that she actually wins anything. And if she doesn't, then he's like, whatever. Right. Half. I know. <laughs> I know. So in December of 2001, Tonda's former husband, so not James, the one that she had her first child or had her child with, mm -hmm. Stacy Martin <clears throat> was arrested. So this is December of 2001, mind you. This is while she's going through a divorce with James. And him battle. trying to take on, take half of her winnings if she gets them. And the legal battle with Edward Seward. This guy, Stacy Martin, breaks into her house and burglarizes it because he thinks she won the lottery. She's got good shit. Excuse me? <laughs> so then in February of 2002, in the same week that the last of Edward Seward's appeals were thrown out. So after the court said, fuck you, your arguments are bullshit. She wins. Stacy Martin, 
Tonda's first husband, kidnaps her. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> he robbed her fucking house? And then kidnaps her. And then kidnaps her? How so, was he not in, in, arrested by now? I'm sure he was, and then got out, and then kidnapped her. <sighs> so... Tonda was attempting to leave for work. Martin shoved his way into her pickup truck and took off on Highway 90 towards Mississippi. During the whole drive, he's basically saying, I'm going to kill you. 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 The mother right. of his child. Yeah. He stopped at a, a remote location where Tonda, a, a, a remote location in Mississippi where it was like this little inn, like a motel, basically. And Tonda pleaded for her life. It was at this time that her cell phone began to ring. Uh, and when she asked to answer it, Martin declined. He was like, no, don't fucking pick up your phone. So it rang again. Someone else was trying to contact her again. And she said, hey, listen, she, you know, regardless of who it was, she was like, listen, if I don't pick up my phone, they're going to come looking for me. And if you kill me before, like, and obviously he's tweaking or whatever, but like, she's like, if you kill me before that happens, they're going to find your ass. And she's counting on him being stupid. And then he goes, he's stupid. And he goes, yeah, answer it and tell him what you have to tell him. Right. So. Rather than reaching for her cell phone, she reached for her 22 caliber semi-automatic pistol yeah, <laughs> and shot him twice in the chest. Good. <laughs> uh, good girl. So she shoots him twice in the chest and, chest and he lives. <laughs> and he manages to wrestle the fucking pistol away from her. She convinced him that he needed to go to a hospital and agreed, so she drove him to the hospital. <laughs> good. Good again, Tonda. Good yeah. job. <laughs> he was in serious condition, but he lived. Okay, so he got shot twice in the chest and he lives still. All research shows that Tonda wasn't charged for anything in the shooting. Obviously, she was kidnapped and all that. Crazy he was stuff. threatening her life and holding her captive. Yeah, but it's unclear if Martin was charged for anything in, in either. It, it, excuse me. It was unclear if he was charged in anything related to the kidnapping either, because everything I did research wise shows that like there either was no charge or like they charged him on something else. Okay. Okay. So at the time he was reportedly wanted on multiple charges in Mississippi and they couldn't, and I couldn't find anything else. Um, and, uh, so 10 years later in the summer of 2012, when Tonda had just finished a prolonged battle with the IRS, uh, when she finally got her Hi, winnings, a battle with the IRS. Yeah. Because they, cause they haven't been like fucking eagle eyeing this Check entire it. process. So she finally gets her winnings. The federal government attempted to hit her with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of unpaid taxes. According to them, when she transferred shares of her nine mil incorporated company, it constituted a gift and the IRS can tax that. Uh, based on the worth of the 51% of the company she gave to her family, the IRS calculated she owed approximately $800,000. Okay. If you can believe it, Tonda argued that she didn't owe the money because there was a pre-existing verbal contract with her family members. Namely... That if any of them won any money in any way that they'd agreed to share it. <laughs> that was her argument to the IRS. Whatever. I, at the end of the day, it's not certain how much money Tonda actually got to keep at the end of everything. Research shows that the IRS uh, also calculated her taxes based off a of $5 million sum. The research I did showed that her ex-husband James did get some kind of settlement from the divorce, but nothing showed how much it was. So I, I couldn't find that much. But if the IRS is charging for five, that means he probably won his half. <sighs> More than likely. Okay. That's so fucked up. Um, and then obviously she probably also received substantially less because of the legal battles. Like she probably paid so much to the lawyers. Like it's Poor pretty crazy. Honey. So all the research I did shows that the last report of her shows that she's working as a poker dealer in Mississippi. It's sad because the place where that Waffle House was, what was it? Golden Bay or some shit, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Uh, somewhere in Mobile. Backstabber Bay. So that was her hometown. That was where she grew up. Right. And her reputation and her family's reputation was so fucking tarnished that they couldn't live there anymore. That damage was so heavy yeah. that essentially she had to move to Mississippi and become a fucking poker dealer and just like go off the grid. Yep. <laughs> Like, oh my God. Poor baby. Because a guy gave her a fucking lotto ticket as a fucking tip. 
What a headache. Poor Tonda. I would not have taken your ass to the hospital. If so that's can't. an ironic winner. <laughs> I'd have been like, oh no, I shot you two times and you're still alive. Darn. Now I've, I've suddenly forgotten how to drive from all the stress of being kidnapped. Are you bleeding out? Shoot. Darn. Well, that was a doozy. Yeah. We're going on break. See you guys in just a few minutes. Winners, winning people who win things, lottery winners. That's what you talked about. Unfortunate lottery winner. You know what I would consider to really be winning? Mm. To be spending money <clears throat> on products that are of quality and be getting more bang for your buck. Oh, of course. Obviously. Do you know who we could call on to provide us quality products that give us the exact bang for our buck? I imagine you're going to tell me. A perfect ratio. Just say who. Who? Louder though. Who? Our sponsors. That's right. Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. They are a company that makes Woodcraft products. Like plaques with all sorts of hilarious sayings and coasters with sarcastic twists. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories like dice towers, dice dungeons, and DM screens. Everything is made here in the USA. Yes, a family-owned business. They use American wood in American hands. Nice. <laughs> you can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. Reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. That's Tilted, T-I-N-K-E-R. You should go and buy something from their website because they're awesome. And they love us, just like we love you. Hey, babe. Yeah? You know how you're worried about having hangover symptoms tomorrow? Not if I have a fucking badass product to take care of that. <laughs> no. Follow my lead. Okay. You know how you're worried about having a hangover tomorrow? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did you know that one little patch could make the difference between you worrying about symptoms tomorrow and not worrying at all? I did know that. You did? Yeah. Well, what patch is it? A motherfucking party patch. Exactly right. Party patch. Thank you, party patch. They are affiliates of this podcast, pumping your blood full of vitamin B and taurine. Go to threeshotsin.com, follow the link, and enter three shots in as promo code in order to get 10% off. Enjoy. Hey, babe. Yeah. Have you ever felt that feeling, that exciting new feeling? When you get a new bottle of liquor, you've heard that it's good, but you've never tried it for yourself and you open it and you pour it into a glass for the first time. Isn't that such a good feeling? Sure. Well, how would you like it if you could pour even more than that? I mean, it'd be pretty cool. It'd be great. And you can with Pour More. Pour More is a subscription service. They bring a new bottle of liquor to your doorstep. So convenient. Once a month. And that's any liquor you could fancy. You should visit them and follow our link at threeshotsin.com. We've got a link there for you to follow, and that will let Pour More know that we sent you. Enjoy your subscription, your new bottle once a month. That's the break. We're all done. I'm going to spin the wheel. Ah, you've won the lottery. What's the most superficial thing you purchase? You go first. Makeup. Really? Yeah. That's the first thing you go to? Yes, because it's it really wouldn't even make a dent in like lottery winnings. Okay. But it's extremely expensive on a standard budget. Okay. That's the first thing that comes to mind. So I'm sure there are other superficial things I would want to buy. Along but. those same lines uh -huh. of justification, guns. Guns. And those would be superficial because usually those are things you would put to good use for protection. But we already have so many. That they would be superficial. It would be superficial. And I'd and NVGs. You would do what? I'd Did get you? NVGs too. What are those? Night vision goggles. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because why not? <laughs> I go in the lotto. Fuck it. 
You said superficial things. That's I don't true. need them. I mean, but they're fucking dope. So why wouldn't I have them? That's true. That's true. That's what the question was. Mm-hmm. And we answered it so quickly and efficiently. Yeah. Being done with that wheel spin means that it's my story time. Ooh, I'm so excited for Darwin Awards. Which are basically losers. So I cheated a little, but they did technically win an no, award. They won an award. That's not cheating. That's they just won. true. They did. You did your due diligence. I did. They didn't, though. They did not. That's why they won the award. The award is for stupidity. Yes. And we begin first with February 1990 in Washington. A man with apparently no history of crime chose to begin his crime by robbing H&J leather and firearms. He robbed it while it was full of customers buying guns. And the owners that are armed as fuck. (laughs) Correct. He also didn't notice a police car parked out front, or at least he noticed it and didn't think much of it. When he entered the shop, a cop was standing at the counter with a coffee. He did proceed to announce he was robbing the store anyway and fired some warning shots for good measure, only to, in a strange twist of events, be shot to death by the officer and the store clerk. (laughs) Silly. That is some Darwin shit. (laughs) Very, very silly, sir. Next. In 1992, just a few days before Christmas, 47-year-old Ken Barger woke up with a jolt to his phone ringing on his nightstand. But instead of his phone, he brought his 38 special to his ear and pulled the trigger. How? In a sleepy haze. You don't pull a trigger to answer your phone. He killed himself instantly. There's some more. There's got to be some more to that. There's no way. You don't pull anything to answer a phone. I don't know. Good Lord. Fuck it. We'll default. Next up. That's what was reported. In 2012. These are not necessarily in chronological order. I say next because that's the next story. That's the next one you found. Yes. Makes sense. 2012. Okay. A man named Gary Allen Banning. He was attending a party at a friend's house in North Carolina. He found salsa. He found a salsa jar, that is, filled with what he must have assumed was booze. It was in the fridge. He took a big old swig of it, only to find out that it was gasoline. Oops. Gross. I thought you were going to say coolant. No, he promptly spit it out. Friends who saw laughed, but not for long. As they watched Gary bring a cigarette to his lips and light it. No. Yeah. Spontaneous combustion. He ignited his face and his clothing and died later from the burns. Darwin. Darwin Awards. That is why he's on that list. Next. Over 550 motorcyclists participated in a rally in New York in the summer of 2011. That's the year we got married. Mm Mm-hmm. They did this to protest legally needing to ride with a helmet on. They didn't think it was necessary. In a sad twist of irony, 55-year-old Philip Contos, who was participating in the demonstration, was forced to slam on his brakes to avoid hitting the bike in front of him and was thrown over his handlebars, colliding with the street head first and dying. Doctors, of course, later confirmed a helmet would have protected him. So that's been a thing since we've been here. They have no helmet laws here. East Texas. And I'm just Texas in general. Oh. They're real specific about you can't split lanes, but oh no, it's fine. You don't have to wear a helmet. I'm like, y'all are fucking retarded. I see people riding without helmets. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. It's a choice. And I think it's because I've been in an actual motorcycle accident before. If I did not have a helmet on, I'm dead. You would have been dead. That's true. That is a true story. Yes. Okay. In Otago, Jesus, <laughs> God. In Otago Township, New Zealand, in 2014, 25-year-old Travis Lane was hit by a car. He suffered a broken arm and a brain injury, tragically, before dying in the hospital a month later. For Travis. After he ran from a bonfire party at a friend's house in order to moon oncoming traffic, <laughs> having jutted his bare ass too far into the road. <laughs> So I will say, I still feel bad for Travis. <laughs> so it's just sounded like a fun time. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, a local coroner found Travis was significantly affected by alcohol and drugs. Of course he was. When he ran out into traffic to, quote, do a brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Travis. Travis. That's the kind of shit we need. That's called humor. <laughs> we need we need those people to stay around. But at what cost? <laughs> Damn. Next, next up. I like you, Travis. 45-year-old school teacher James Young. Okay. He lost his phone and other pocket belongings while he was riding a roller coaster at Cedar Point Amusement Park in Ohio. That's annoying. Rather than inform the park staff that his items had fallen onto the concrete below the ride, he chose to retrieve them himself from a restricted area. Uh... Just as he jumped down to the tracks, the roller coaster went by at its max speed. Of course it did. Of 57 miles per hour, instantly killing him. Of course. Yeah, that's pretty fucking retarded. That's definitely preventable. Hence the Darwin Award. Yeah. No, that one makes sense. Next. That's not fun like Travis. Travis can live. Damn. Doing a brown eye. Doing a brown eye? Next. Okay. In Oregon in 2001, a man lost control of his truck and he crashed into a utility pole supporting high voltage power lines. Very dangerous. However, the crash was not what killed him. Police speculated that he had attempted to clip the power lines lying across the hood of his truck. He was found lying face down beside it with gardening shears in his hands. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know. See, that one deserves it. That one deserves it. It's like the crab, like bothering the sea snake. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck <laughs> it. You're dead, dude. Like, sorry. You should know better by now. I don't even I, know if that's a thing. I'm probably going to get your, your fans. Are gonna like, be like your husband's like, fucking retarded. You said the that metaphor. doesn't even happen. <laughs> you said the metaphor so confidently. I assumed it was common. You know, that's what they teach us. You say it confident enough <laughs> and, it, and it is what it is. Sure. <laughs> there are only two left on my list of Darwin Awards. You've had some pretty fucking aside from Travis. You've had some good ones. Travis, he deserved to get away with that one. Doing a brown eye. That's so innocent. Anyway, in 2002, a man in Wisconsin had a kinky little game he liked to play with his wife. I already want this fucking guy to die. Where <laughs> she pressed the barrel of an unloaded shotgun against his nutsack <laughs> and pulled the trigger when he said when. What <laughs> One night. A friend when of said when? Like, what is that? It, what? It was unloaded. There was no real risk. Clearly you know, he was loaded because he's fucking dead, right? He's not. No. He's just ballless. One night. Well, he can't. He can't breed now. A friend of hers. She was headed over and he and his wife, they wanted to get frisky before she arrived. So they were in a bit of a rush and they didn't check the barrel. <laughs> he had his balls blown off, but he did live. <laughs> Do they have children already? I don't know. Oh, God, please no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. This is my last one. That's fucking terrible. And Terry, it's one of the more fucked up. Didn't involve kids, right? No. All right, then we're good. No, no. It can be as fucked up as you want as long as you don't involve kids. 2010. A Korean man in a wheelchair. Mm. He became very frustrated after he missed the elevator. He wasn't fast enough to catch it. So he turned his chair around and began ramming backwards into the doors in order to force them open. It's gone already, Ben. Unfortunately, they did open and he didn't notice because his back was turned. <laughs> However, the elevator was already gone. How would the elevator doors open if the elevator's already gone? That doesn't even make sense. He rammed into them hard enough. Some fucking guy on security was like... <laughs> sabotaged him. <laughs> yeah. And he propelled himself backwards into the elevator shaft and died. I feel kind of bad for him. Like, holy fuck. Like, he was just frustrated because he's like, my legs don't fucking work. He was just a frustrated wheelchair bound. And man. some guy went. You don't know that. <laughs> Somebody did. You don't know. An elevator door doesn't open because you kick it. It doesn't happen that also, way. Also, Nintendo shouldn't work because you blow into the cassette. But it did. Unless someone was like this. No one was. <laughs> well, all right. That's the end of my story. That means it is now time for a new wheel spin. Do I get to spin it? Yes, please do. Try again. <laughs> Good job. One too many screwdrivers. You missed the wheel at first. I did. But you did get it, and that was a strong spin. But that's just a testament to your screwdriver. Thanks. They're real good. Thank you. Anyway, you've landed on 
You have won the favor of a medieval king, and he's made you his jester. How do you entertain him? Who the fuck comes up with these? Um, your fucking viewers. Random. Fuck your viewers. <laughs> <laughs> do you not know how you would entertain your medieval king? I don't. Um, I would sing. I'd be the farter. <laughs> oh my was, god, you totally could be. What's his name? Because I have cartoon farts already. What the fuck was his name? It was like Francis the farter, some. I don't know. Now I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> what you? What is it? Ferdinand the farter or something. Read the top. Roland le farter, Roland le Peter, and Roland le farter. <laughs> it's Roland the farter. Yeah. I would be the farter. You would be Terry the farter. I'd be Terry the farter. <laughs> because my farts sound like cartoon um, farts. Just so you all know, this is an actual figure in He's history. a real guy. He's a real person who existed historically. There oh, I would have been so good. I would have been so good. I would have been the king's favorite farter. Roland was a court jester, and he had only one job in the royal court. It was just a fart. Every Christmas during the court's righteous pageant... He performed a dance that ended with one jump, one whistle, and one fart. <laughs> Executed simultaneously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he did it so well, he ended up in history. Roland the Farter. That's Roland his name. Roland the Farter. Mm -hmm. Medieval England celebrity flautist. Flautalist. Let me just tell you right now. Flatulist. I would have, probably how I would have fucking Rick rolled Roland. <laughs> I'd have been such, I'd have been the fucking king's favorite farter because holy shit. That makes sense. I'm, I'm going to have to, day. we're going to have to do an episode on him. Roland the farter. That would be dope. What would be the subject for that? I don't know. Entertain Gas? Entertainment? Maybe. Maybe. The next one. Entertain. Right. The next one I just happen to know is loser. I, I'm going to record that with Jake. I feel like that, man, that's just rife for fucking content. Like, holy fuck, you could get some good shit off a loser. The one after that is prison. Ooh. I have my notes already ready for loser. I don't have any notes for prison as of now. I feel like prison's going to have some good ones. Well, all right. Like, rate, and subscribe, all of those who are listening. Share this podcast with any you think would enjoy. Visit our website at threeshotsin.com. We have a PayPal donation button on there. That's our internet tip jar. We also have a link to our Patreon. You should really join that. There's a lot of bang for your buck there. Do all of those things. Do it. There's also a link on there to all of our sponsors and affiliates. That's Tilted Tinker. Oh, they're Part such badasses. I know. Party Patch and Pour More. The next topic, like I said, will be losers. Oh, that's going to be so good. I'm going to record that Holy with Jake. fuck. You, there's so much... Oh, there's so much good good shit that can come from losers. I'm pretty proud of what I came up with. Yeah. No offense to, you know, if you're a fucking loser. <laughs> I have a feeling Jacob's going to call me a loser many times in the next episode. Oh, I hope so. Why? Because. You're fuck you. You're supposed to be on my side. I'm only on your side if it makes sense. It does make sense. Sometimes. Who sucks your dick? Only me. <laughs> Sometimes Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Thank you guys for joining, and we'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Bye. Who is it that gets allergic to meat? It's like Lyme disease people, right? Like there's a, a tick or something like that. They I can, don't. I don't know. They can give you Lyme I don't disease. Think I've ever heard of that. You can be like forced to be a vegetarian. Oh. God. Isn't it so such a terrible thought? That would be that would be my that would be my death row. That no. would be it. I'd be <laughs> like Jessica. I have a rifle right there. Put it to my fucking temple and no pull the trigger. To live. I'm done. That's encouraging. <laughs> so glad you're happy. I have, I have nothing to live for but my red meat. <laughs>